What's going on, everyone? It is Mohammed, the host of Aware Alpha, and welcome to episode 104, 5. I'm not sure exactly which one it's going to be, but just want to say I am feeling super, super grateful. It's January 9th or 9th, 2023. And yeah, I'm just feeling absolutely grateful. I'm feeling aligned with everything that's happening in my life. And I'm super excited for another great episode to share with you guys. This is actually the first episode I am recording this year. And yeah, I'm super excited. And I'm looking forward to all the guests that are going to come on to the show this year. I feel like, you know, every time a new guest is coming on, uh, there's just, I'm learning a lot. There's a lot of value being added to the audience and all of you guys listening. So today, with that being said, we have another special guest that I felt called to reach out a couple of weeks ago. Her name is Ashley, and we're going to have an awesome conversation. I can already feel it. So welcome to the Aware Alpha podcast, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. One of the first questions that comes to my mind, Ashley, is... What comes to your mind when you hear the word healing? So many things. I think it can be defined based on an individual and their perspective. For me personally, based on my perspective, when I hear healing, I think of multiple facets and that being mind, body, soul, spirit. So there's so many different applications, approaches, and ways that you can look at what healing means to a specific person. Mm, I love that. Do you feel like, like for me, every time I think of the word healing, there's like a thought in me that comes out as like, if you're healing, you must be broken. Yes. And that's kind of an interesting conundrum that I've entered while I myself have been in my own healing journey and then also entering the space of healing others. And I actually think that that's an underlying, you know, program that is, I'm so glad that you brought this up because that's just it. We are human. We're here in the human experience. We will always be, you know, tr trying to do a higher level of an oscillating frequency. Um, so you know, we're always in a constant state of, we are human, therefore imperfect. And so just kind of accepting that we're on this journey, that's in a constant state of motion mm. and not taking it as we are broken or anything like that, removing the shame from it. And just knowing that this is a beautiful journey. <laughs> mm, I like that. I like the way you said that. What would you say are some things that you're working on that would be considered your healing journey? Yeah. So for me, in the beginning of my healing journey, I really was addressing a lot of things that my body was communicating to me. You know, a lot of us, we are raised or somewhat programmed to maybe not listen to the cues from our body. And so I started listening to those subtle cues that our body speaks to us. And later I realized that that can also be the soul communicating to us. And so once I started kind of harmonizing, you know, the physical aspects, I then started looking deeper into more of the emotional and spiritual components. Mm. And when you say, like, listening to the body, give me some examples, like, what do you exactly mean? Yeah, so for a lot of the way that, you know, society and this kind of paradigm that we're in is is we're all kind of naturally in a state of fight or flight. Mm. And that's just that go, go, go hustle mentality. 
And that's nobody's fault. Um, that's just the, the paradigm that we're currently in that we're moving through. And it is a natural design of our body to go into fight or flight. Um, that's very natural and in fact, protecting us. Um, so, you know, just observing if, if someone's going into fight or flight, maybe countering an opportunity for them to really just sit in silence and listen to what their body is saying to them because so many people don't have the opportunity to slow down these days and really listen to what their body is saying. Mm. And so just creating an environment where you can do that, even just five minutes, a quick just moment where you can just scan your system and feel any energetic things that are coming up. And this mm. takes practice, but once you get to that, it's just quick and easy and you can do it throughout your day. Mm, I love that. No, and for sure. I totally understand what you're saying. So as you know, while you being on your journey, what would you say are some modalities that you have used to heal your childhood traumas or anything that you're working through? Yeah. So again, just that multifaceted approach of addressing the physical, spiritual, and mental. And I think that that's really bio-individual to people as well. So some people may need a little bit more physical support. And so for me, that was me. And so using things like infrared sauna, I call it alchemy because you're, you know, you're alchemizing things and detoxing them. Mm. That one has been incredible and it can address so many different, you know, nervous system, anxiety, depression, um, inability to detox. It's, it's a great way um, to address the physical aspect. Mm. Um, and then going further in, as far as like the um, childhood trauma and moving forward as an adult and navigating some of that, going in and looking at any subconscious programs that could be running in the background has been huge for me. Mm. And so I finally got to a place physically where I felt comfortable to delve into some of that stuff. And so I kind of had a foundation mm. to then go and navigate some of that stuff so the world of energy healing is where i was introduced the subconscious programming and in fact now that is what i i do as profession because i i used it in my journey and i was so blown away by it and so what you do is you work with a practitioner or um, someone who can really hold space for you mm -hmm. and help to see what kind of programs are running in the background and when i say that it's a lot like we are a computer system Mm. And we can have like a computer system program running in the background that we are not consciously aware of. Mm. And so when you're in a sacred space with a facilitator, a practitioner, they can help you safely pull some of those programs, look at them and then recode them. Mm. And so then the way that someone sees their day to day life, the world, how they make decisions can really change because you're changing that underlying program that could be running. So that's one of the biggest, coolest ones I've come across. Mm, I love that. I love the way you explain things. Um, well, give me an example of like a subconscious programming that may be running and probably holding that individual back or not helping them heal or even yes. be aware that they need some healing. Absolutely. Um, so two big ones for me that I didn't have any idea about until I was in that sacred space and someone helped me see it was one um, worthiness, which I think a lot of us carry that um, just feeling worthy of receiving things like love, good relationships, friendships, good things in business, uh, you know, any of those things. 
that can be a very common program that can be running in, in the subconscious within a lot of people. Um, I'm trying to think of another, there was another one too. <laughs> we, we will come to it. I'm sure when it comes, you will share it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Were, it's interesting as you were saying that, like being worthy of love, right? Um, I have done a lot of healing these last couple of years and I can still, I can still am able to observe this part of me. Maybe it's not as a giant anymore, but like I can still, there's a lot of times I'm doing something or, you know, I'm attracting someone in my life who, who is simply a mirror and I can spot and I can see that part of me still there that like, it's like, I'm not worthy of love. You know, I'm not um, like just, yeah, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of a great relationship. I'm not worthy of an intimate bond with a beautiful queen in my life. And I'm able to see that. So what would you say? How do I recode or reprogram that? I think where you're at is. Can you hear me? That point to be like, I know who I am. I know this subconscious program is running. It's this unworthy dialogue. I'm witnessing it, but I'm also detaching any shame or judgment of it. So not judging ourselves, not judging that program, removing any shame and just observing it. There's something really powerful about that that just harmonizes it almost instantly. Mm, so simply just observing it and like, just giving yes. it almost space to be seen. Exactly. Because that's a part of us. Like you brought up the inner child. These programs come up to protect us at certain points in our lives. And so really, if you look at in a moment like that, having compassion for your inner child, mm. um, that's a moment to really kind of transmute and alchemize any of that. Mm, I love that. You know, another, I, I'm not sure if this would be a some subconscious programming, but like I've been able to observe in myself where I can give a lot of love, but receiving love feels just, just doesn't like, I feel like I'm not receiving it. Like most people do, you know, like where if someone compliments me for my eyes, I'm like, maybe these days I receive it better, but like I remember times where I just wasn't receiving it. It's almost like someone tells me that and I don't believe it. Yes. Yes. And you will find that as one works through the subconscious programming, you are able to then with that, that compassion that you can hold for those programs and aspects of self, then leads to more love for yourself and more understanding for yourself. And so when you hear those things, you're like, yeah, that is me. That really actually is me. Mm. Um, and you're able to fully receive it. Mm. So Based on that, like if someone compliments me, I'm not able to receive it well. And you're simply just sitting with that after just being like, wow, like this person really thought I was handsome, but I wasn't able to like really enjoy that. I almost almost felt like they're lying to me or they're trying to use me. And then so what you're saying is to like just sit and just be like, wow, like they're yeah, I get it. Like I I get that you don't believe this person. Is there like a next step into that on like, so, okay, now I've acknowledged it to where I'm like, wow, like I don't receive compliments that well. 
and like yeah. I see you, you know, I see you, I see you for what's happening. And then is there like a next step to do? Yeah. I think it's similar to what we were talking about with the body scanning, scanning for symptoms. Mm -hmm. When you have something like that and you're able to consciously catch it and say, mm -hmm. hey, I was not able to fully sit with and receive that compliment. Wow. What's going on for me here? And being able to maybe just sit for five, 10 minutes and journal about it or just sit with yourself and just ask yourself, like, what's coming up here? What's, what's under the hood, you know? Mm. Um, and, and you will, you, you'll, you'll find your answers. <laughs> mm, I like that. It's a, no. it's allowing the space. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's interesting how important it is to simply just hold space. Yes. You know, like, I feel like not a lot of us do, uh, you know, I have been doing a lot of it these last couple of years, but like, it's, it's almost so easy. It's almost too easy. Like you, all you got to do just, but it's true though. I, if you're in fight and flight all the time and you grew up in unhealthy relationships and dysfunctional family, like that's not easy. Like that means you got to sit with these, all these in uncomfortable emotions that come up. And I ran away from these emotions most of my life, you know, all the way up to like 27, 28, I was actually running from them. So yes, it sounds easy, but it's not as easy. <laughs> I guess that's why. It's, Go ahead. It's so true what you're saying. Yep. It's, it's, it's a process. And that's why I love the word integration. Mm. Um, and why do you believe that, you know, asking for help, receiving support from your community, receiving guidance or someone that can, you know, be there for you. That's, that's also in it, I think is really important. Um, that's what's really cool about what's happening that I'm seeing is there is a whole paradigm of people in our general generations that are really doing the work mm -hmm. to heal themselves and do the generational healing and then be there for each other to, mm -hmm. to hold space to. Yes. You mentioned generational healing. Um, I'm learning about this stuff. And at the same time, I feel like, like my sister yesterday, she was like, the last year or so you have like you have truly changed the lineage the family lineage and just so much stuff is going on um but at the same time like this is i have everything that i've done the last five ten years it's been where i experienced it and then i started reading about it you know so like the 10 day sign meditation retreat that i went to healing my you know doing the inner child work and the ego work and all the stuff like i was doing this stuff and then like once I did it, for some reason, I discovered like the 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 writings and the academics and the studies. And then I'm like, oh, wow, like that's what I was doing. You know, like I was going to like I was having panic attacks and literally going through healing, like processing and sitting with myself, like doing it holistically. Right. And then like in 2000, I think 20, 2020, like I sat with a like the institutions that like, diagnosed me with PTSD and depression and all that. And then I, and then I realized that like what I was going through was actually panic attacks. <laughs> like I didn't even know the name for it. Like I would just have very like overwhelming moments. Right. And then like, I would just sit there. I'm like, I was aware there's a part of me and I would just be like, really, it's okay. It's okay. What do you need from me right now? The most, okay. I'm here for you, baby. It's okay. Let's do it. And like, I would just yes. go through it. And then after like a year after is when I'm like, oh those are panic attacks <laughs> like i had a lot of those 
<laughs> you know, it's incredible what we can sustain and how our body can protect us in those moments. Cause that's actually what's happening really mm. is our body is finding a way to process something that's coming up. That's really powerful. And so like with the generation concept, it kind of goes back to the fight or flight paradigm that I was talking about that certain triggers or programs running in the background may not just be from us, but it could be carried in our genetic line that we're holding. And so something that maybe like our grandfather went through a certain, you know, war or, um, you know, something like that, or like, you know, family member going through a great depression when certain triggers then happen in this now, we can feel it and in such a deep way that almost doesn't make sense. Like why, why are we feeling this so deeply? Mm. And it's because of the way that time and space <laughs> is such that all is in a way happening now. And so a lot of the work that we do that seems really challenging, sitting with these emotions and doing the deep healing is in fact transcending through time and space, is in fact um, affecting our lineage in the past and in the future. That sounds mm -hmm. kind of woo-woo, but it really, frankly, does boil down to actual quantum physics. Mm -hmm. um, so when it seems like we're doing so much heavy lifting here in this realm and working through such heavy emotions, just a reminder to anybody listening to this, like you're doing so much more work than you could possibly realize mm -hmm. and just encouraging you with that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. And I believe that if you are going through this, that means that a part of you is those parts of you are feeling safe enough to be donors because you would only you wouldn't go through it if you weren't ready for it. Do you agree? One hundred percent. Yeah, that 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 makes so much sense and resonates a lot, especially with what I was saying as far as how I did a lot of the physical groundwork first is almost like a launch pad. Mm. And, and I, I attribute that to the body feeling safe to then navigate those emotions. So you're totally right. Mm, I love that. So tell us a little about Ashley, you know, <laughs> you know, whatever comes to your mind, you could go from, you know, it was 1954 and I was, you know, <laughs> and I don't think we're that old. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, just tell us a little about <laughs> Ashley, um, just, just to get to know you better. Okay. Yeah. So I turned 33 on winter solstice. Amazing. And I was um, raised in Montana. So I was raised amidst nature as an only child. And so some of my early memories are really connecting to nature and animals, um, rescuing animals and bringing them back to good health. And so seeing some of those things kind of in my childhood that come full circle to this now, um, I in some of my early adult years, worked really hard and did a lot of what the paradigm was feeding us in terms of the hustle culture and stuff like that. So I actually worked a lot of different um, high performance jobs through my 20s. And then in 2017, um, my immune system and such just kind of said no more. You know, when I'm talking about the the body talking to us and the soul talking to us, mm. my body and my spirit just was was ready to have a huge shift. Mm. And so I had extreme symptoms that became present in, in this season suddenly and actually had a spiritual awakening that coincided with all of this. And so it was a massive shift. And in addressing the root cause of what Lyme disease could be in terms of potential, you know, childhood trauma, environmental aspects, um, genetic detox components, 
Um, it led me to understanding some of my own gifts and sensitivities. And so going back to as a child, when I was very attuned to nature and animals, I've now come back to that. And going through that hardship has brought me to the space of wanting to connect more with nature and also to tap into the gifts of helping animals and humans heal here. Um, so while this journey has been very challenging, it has been an absolute initiation into um, my own, you know, why did this happen, my own gifts, and then also being able to take the pain and turn it into power and be of service to others. That's one of my my biggest just heartfelt missions and goals at this point. Mm, I love that. I've been Montana. I think I was saying this prior to our um, podcast here has been calling me has been calling me for so long it's like it's interesting and then what are the chances that i end up because my guest i'm always like mind blown i've had over like 50 60 interviews the last year and only like one of them or two of them was in canada and because like sometimes you know i don't when i reach out to someone i don't know where they're from like so it's like they could be bali california and like and then sometimes i'm like i reach out to someone and they're like oh i'm in canada i'm like oh no way like you know we're we're buddies <laughs> right that's so and awesome mountain neighbors yeah and then when i found out you're from montana i was like i'll go there okay the universe is like that you gotta go there okay that place is calling you the land is calling you you know so that's so awesome and thank it's you so, so true much. and thank you so much for uh sharing your uh story um my the thought that i have in my mind is you know a lot of people i don't know where i've seen this but like how do you think in your personal opinion one can align their heart and their mind so it's on the mm -hmm. same path yeah i'm glad you brought this up there's this concept called heart math okay. it's it's um they've really been doing a lot of incredible work for the co collective of humanity as a whole mm -hmm. and so they're teaching what is called heart brain coherence which is going into the science of how our heart and our mind connect and how that can expand our consciousness. And so there are um, some free courses that are available online with HeartMath, and it teaches you how to become more coherent of your heart's energy and to be more present in your heart. And so using your heart to navigate the world, um, that power of intention from the heart is just incredible when you see it in action and when you can get into your heart and use that space as you navigate, mm. I can't encourage that enough. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I'll definitely have to look into that. And yeah, like I'm curious because it seems like the intuition, the heart, the gut feeling seems to always, it's the inner voice, like it talks to us, right? But I feel like a lot of times it's not aligned with what the mind is saying because the mind is always like in a state of fear, just trying to limit you, trying to get you to do the most comfortable things. So I would be very open to just seeing how I'm, I can get, I guess, the mind on the same path as the heart, right? Absolutely. And you said heart math, like like numbers, like math. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they, it's a concept of resonance, and so the idea is that our heart actually emits an electromagnetic field, mm. and that you can become more in touch with what that means and how that affects your reality. And kind of what you were saying within that is it goes back to the whole fight or flight concept, you know, the ability to be in the body and quiet the mind 
is really tough for a lot of us in this paradigm that are in fight or flight naturally. Yeah. And so um, it happens to the best of us, you know, as soon as we feel unsafe or triggered or we're overly trying to articulate life or we're just navigating day to day. A lot of that is being in the headspace. Mm-hmm. And so even for me personally, I have to make a practice of it almost daily to be consciously present in my body. Mm-hmm. And so one of my favorite ways to do that is movement. So walking meditations or dancing, stretching, um, whatever may have you. And I'll, I'll even, you know, tr- train myself. So I'll be on a hike and my intention is to be actively being present in my body and meditating. Mm-hmm. And if I'm walking along and I realize I'm too in my head and thinking, I will turn around and walk back and be like, nope, we're going to start back at that point and yeah. be present in our body. And so it's it's a constant effort and it's constant practice because it's so natural for so many of us to be in that headspace. And coincidentally, once one has a spiritual awakening as well, it can be very common to be in that space because you're receiving a lot of information from your surroundings um, in that third eye crown chakra area. Mm. And so the concept of, you know, visiting this experience from a physiological perspective. So for anxiety, you know, touching trees, gathering electrons by interacting with rocks and animals, um, mineralizing our body. um, Is it also a way of incorporating nature into our system and helping us really ground? Mm. I love that. It's I was actually just thinking about my yesterday. I did an 8K walk. And like every time I like walk, I'm always trying to like, because your mind is going through. It's like, yeah, this, that. And then I'm like, no, no, we're walking right now. Okay. Let's feel the sensations in the palm of my hands. Okay. What is like my face feeling? Am I cold? Am I warm? Am I like to just be present? It is almost like it is a billion dollar challenge be to be present for a lot of us i feel like you know that's something i've been working on for the last two three years of just just making sure to be present because that's all we have really when you when we think about it right so i think it's i think it's important i love that you share that um do you uh do you self-reflect like do you um spend time actually just like self-reflecting on last year last decade last relationship last interaction last whatever it is like do you actually take time to self-reflect yes I think that's actually one of the biggest parts of my process um I really like to observe patterns and how far I've come you know what pattern could be coming up why a trigger came up why a relationship did this or that why I reacted a certain way to things that's a big one and kind of going back to what we were saying earlier of just having that neutral self observation of just sitting there and observing your own triggers, your own behaviors, your own habits, and just having grace and observational awareness. Mm. It's incredible. Um, And and I think that that process of self-awareness can be so expansive in releasing shame and identifying any programs that could be running. It's really powerful. Mm, I love that. I'm glad that you said yes because i was curious not not a lot of people actually actively or consciously are self-reflecting and that's a big yeah it's like a big big exercise for me like i do some could say that i do a lot of it but because it could it could almost look like you're not doing much like i literally will just sit 
or lay down or take a bath. And then like, I'm really just self-reflecting. Either I pick last year or last month or my last interaction with an intimate partner or whatever it is. Like, and then I just reflect on that. You know, how did I process that? How was it? What did I learn from it? Was I able to bring value to her? Was I able to, and just reflect on that? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. And both of these things remind me of the concept of magic in the mundane. So when we're talking about being present in the body, um, just tedious tasks. Like I was thinking of an example last year, I was planting some little seedlings for my garden Mm. And you have to count and keep track. Like you can't get sidetracked while you're in the moment because then you'll put too many seeds in one slot. And so finding magic in the mundane moments to either self-reflect, be very present. Mm. That's just something that I've really found can be incredible. Mm. Yes, very true. So I was reading on one of your, um, I think it was on Instagram. I actually, so the last five or since we start talking again i have literally been coming on instagram just so i answer and respond to your messages because i i deleted the apps all my social media apps starting the uh the year um and i've only just been posting and vlogging on youtube so i was like and then every time i like i'm like and i have two phones so i'm like i'm not downloading it on that one so i'll just come on there i'm like but actually messaged me okay and then like <laughs> and then confirm okay we're good um but uh it said something on your thing, primal trust. Mm-hmm. I want to know what that is. Yes. So that's something else that I stumbled upon recently that as soon as I found the concept, I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. Mm. Um, so it's actually a woman by the name of Dr. Kat who has been through several similar conditions, such as myself. She battled Lyme disease for mm-hmm. years. She was bedridden for 10 years. And For so many of us that are kind of navigating this paradigm, almost as forerunners, I want to say, because we're using our own hardships to create um, an opportunity for people to heal in a safe space. Um, And we're like almost combing through a lot of the things. And so that's what this woman, Dr. Kat, did in in the years that she spent healing and trying so many different things. She was able to comb through what works, what doesn't work and what really gets to the root of some of these things. Mm -hmm. And so her whole concept coincidentally is about the nervous system and how our primal, you know, coding is to protect us. And so, you know, the concept of the nervous system is like a lion. If it's being chased, it's going to go into fight or flight and run. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if it's in pursuit of another animal, it's going to lay on the ground and freeze. And so these are very instinctual, natural systems that I call the God design, the universal design just like you see the fibonacci places Mm -hmm. it's a design that is within our system that is to keep us safe and so primal trust teaches you how to navigate that system and how to know when you're in fight or flight to know when and how to work through somatically so being present in your body and working through some of those triggers Um, Because there's a concept for people who have been through severe trauma or have been through extreme illness, um, exposed to environmental factors. This um, system that I'm speaking about goes into overdrive. So there's something called the limbic system, which is actually connected to our nervous system and coincidentally connects to that whole concept of the, the mind, heart and gut 
<laughs> interesting how this is all going full circle. Yeah. Um, so the idea is that this is a training um, to train your primal trust, to trust your primal abilities that are coded within your body mm. um, to observe and know like what is and what isn't and to be able to recode. So it's very similar to the concept of reprogramming subconscious programs. It's also reprogramming that nervous system state that it's safe now. You're safe now. Like you may have experienced something that is causing that system to be an overdrive in the past, which is why people have flashbacks and extreme PTSD because they're reliving it as if it's happening now. Yeah. And that's connected to this limbic system that I'm talking about. So when you create that safety, like we're talking about a lot in this um, is when a lot of the true healing can start happening. Um, so highly recommend primal trust to anybody who's navigating extreme conditions with chronic fatigue, um, can't figure out why they aren't recovering from things like Lyme disease or um, CPTSD. Mm, okay. Okay. And is it like a online program, like a six month, like, okay. Yeah. So it's an online membership. She really tries to make it accessible to people, which I love the amount of information that you have access to with a monthly membership is incredible. Um, there's a community that offers support. So it's a great fit. Is, is there like, when you were talking about primal trust there, I was thinking about nervous system regulation. Is that, yes. does that have anything to do with it? Or is she giving you tools on how to regulate your nervous system? Yes, it's nervous system regulation and then some. So it's very advanced in terms of helping us understand some of these nuances and the why behind things from a scientific perspective. Mm -hmm. And then she also incorporates a very spiritual component. So I really feel it's a very all-encompassing program from somebody who has been through it themselves and figured mm -hmm. out what works and what doesn't, and she's bringing it forth. So mm, Okay. Well, that's awesome. I'll definitely have to check that out. Um, yeah. So something that I'm, I guess, learning about more, once again, it's like I have done like the experiential work, healing and regulating my nervous system, I guess we could say in a way with different tools and modalities. But yet I am from an intellectual level, I feel like I don't know much about the nervous system. Like I, in a way, I think it's the most important thing when it comes to this healing journey, because it's... Uh, the reason why most of us are in fight and flight is because we have a deregulated nervous system. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, talk, talk a little more about that. I'm, I'm curious to hear uh, more on just nervous system regulation and tools that we can use and how you have actually um, worked through your own nervous system and regulating it through your own healing journey. Absolutely. Yeah. So I have kind of figured out that I was born with a really sensitive nervous system. Mm. And so navigating that has taught me a lot to be able to share with others kind of the understanding of what, what triggers it, why it does certain things, how to um, have the tools to navigate it on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so I think understanding some of the basics of what the nervous system does and why it does it. So, you know, just like I was saying, as far as the lion or tiger has that innate system within them, we have that innate system too. So if there's some sort of a trigger, 
from our environment or emotional, it's going to kick us into a number of different options that are based on the nervous system trying to keep us safe. Mm. So it'll either go into fight or flight, it'll go into freeze. um, And there's even what's called the parasympathetic state that happens when we feel safe, when we're around somebody who's safe, when we're around animals that make us feel calm and regulated. And so the idea is that one should be able to navigate all these different facets of the nervous system with ease. Mm. You know, it's normal for us to go into fight or flight if something happens, someone runs a stop sign or something, right? That's our natural instinct to protect ourselves. But what's happening is people are getting stuck in certain states of the nervous system because they don't know what it means or how to navigate it. And so having the tools and the awareness to understand someone just honked at me. That's why my heart is pounding and why I just went into fight or flight. Mm. Right. So just having grace, you know, in that moment and just being like, okay, my body just went into natural, you know, adrenaline mode Mm. and I can, I can get myself back to a regulated state. So when you observe that in that moment, you can put your hand on your heart, take a deep breath through the nose taking deep breaths through the nose activates the parasympathetic nervous system. And you can remember this piece parasympathetic. That's how I remember it. Um, So the idea is that we would want to navigate our day-to-day life from a state of parasympathetic. When we're in that state, we can logically understand our environment and our surroundings from a place of grounded awareness. Um, We're more attuned to what our body is telling us. Uh, our gut feelings and our intuition. That's something that's really incredible as I've been navigating this nervous system stuff is as I'm saying, this is an an innate tool within us that God created. I have found that a lot of psychic senses are through the nervous system. So Mm -hmm. once you learn what your triggers are, what environmental things affect you, how to harmonize your nervous system, which there's so many different things you can do. Mm. you'll then be able to understand you know for example you're in a parasympathetic state you have total awareness of what your triggers are someone who is unsafe enters your energy field you don't know why they might be unsafe you've not met this person but your body starts going into fight or flight this can be a raised um, heart rate Mm. this could be slightly sweating Um, This is anxiety. This is fight or flight. Your body is telling you that person might not be safe. Mm. Um, And the same thing can happen, you know, as I'm saying, people can co-regulate you if they're, if they are safe. Mm -hmm. And so you will notice that some people will make you feel very safe and very comfortable and at peace. And so one can certainly tap into the awareness that our nervous system is also just access to our, we are all innately psychic. We all have those gifts. And the more that we heal our body, mind, and spirit and our traumas, we can tap into those gifts and help others that are navigating this type of stuff. Mm. Um, So yes, I think you're totally right. The nervous system is one of like the biggest, best things to look at if one wants to heal or just figure out how to better navigate life in the world. That's that's the place. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you for sharing all that. And what I was thinking about as you were talking about all that was being in a relationship, like when you be, get into an intimate relationship with someone, and let's assume this person is a very healthy person, you know, they are not actually, they don't have any bad intentions for you or anything. 
And it's interesting how if one has a lot of childhood trauma or, you know, we get into those fight and flight and we're triggered and and this person is probably just a safe space that's helping us be able to get there. But some, a lot of us don't look at it like that, where we are triggered and we're like, ah, oh, this, but really in those moments, this person is actually a safe space. And if we have the awareness, we can look into it deeper on why am I feeling like this? Why do I have these feelings of she doesn't love me or, but it has nothing to do with her. This has something to do with even, you know, it's a reminder maybe of childhood mom didn't loving me or something like that. Right. Absolutely. Yep. 100%. It's really interesting to observe our interactions with people and different things that come up and you're able to know that's from childhood. Just like you just said, that's incredible awareness. And I think that it's true to say that our inner child, just like our nervous system feels safe around certain people. Mm. And so some of that stuff can come out around certain people because we feel safe mm. to finally talk about it and process it. So I definitely think that just like the nervous system feels safe around certain people or certain aspects of ourselves, deeper aspects of ourselves, our inner child definitely knows who, who is safe and who isn't. Mm-hmm. No, it's very true. My inner child didn't even feel safe with me for like 27 years of my life, <laughs> you know, for real. and yes. now we have like parties and dates and, you know, he, he talks, he talks so much now, you know? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. And this actually goes back to the primal trust thing. She talks a bunch about this Mm. and about how we can just be our adult self and also like love our inner child and have those moments. And so, yes, you're so right. That's so true. Yeah. You know, Um, have you heard of parts work? Yes. So I love that you brought this up because I feel like it really intertwines with all of this. Mm. Um, (laughs) So well, yeah. Um, Because at a given instance in our life, again, our system is designed to protect us at all costs. Mm. So something really intense happens at a certain stopping point in your life, it could cause an instance where your system creates a survival or protective mechanism. Mm. And so that could be where a certain part becomes prevalent. Mm. And so, for example, if someone sustains domestic abuse in their adolescent years, then they may have a part that then comes forward to protect them. Mm. Um, And in in the future, when they're able to get in a safer environment, and they become more cognizant of those things, they mm. can then heal those parts to be safe together again. Because again, it's just, so when I say parts, it just is someone who, you know, we're not our trauma responses. Our personality is not our trauma. And a lot of us end up in situations where we are running from, uh, like we we are operating from a place of our trauma responses and mm. who we have become because of our trauma. And so many of us do not realize that that's because those are parts and programs that have been installed to protect mm-hmm. us through our journey. Um, so yeah, ha- the whole concept of neutral awareness and having compassion for different aspects of yourself, your inner child, different mm-hmm. aspects of your child that may have, you know, sustained things of not feeling loved mm-hmm. um, that are coming up as, as your adult. 
Um, I think that the true healing and magic and power is just allowing your inner child to be and come out and play if it wants to. If you want to eat ice cream for dinner or watch cartoons on a Saturday night and that feels good, that's healing for your inner child. And that allows your adult person, main personality and your inner child to have a congruent relationship. Mm. And this ultimately brings forth mind, body, spirit healing um, mm. because all of the parts can safely operate together. Yes. The more you heal your inner child, the more whole you feel as an adult. Absolutely. Yes. Because somewhere along the line, the inner child doesn't feel safe and it retreats. And then we're as our adult self running around this, this world trying to figure out why there's this disconnect and why certain things hurt us and make us feel this way. And then when we bring the concept of the inner child in, we're like, oh my gosh, I totally get it. Like, I, I have so much compassion for my inner child now. Like when I see certain stuff, I just want to hug her. And, you know, I'm sure you've seen the people that put the, the picture of themselves either on their mirror or on the background of their phone. And the next time you want to have any of that negative self-talk, just look at that picture of yourself and be like, you don't want to say that to your little self, yeah, you know, exactly. you want to hug that little version of you. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, it's so true. I, I'm very big on inner child work and, yeah, I actually, at one point, I still actually have some pictures of myself, like my little one. And we're talking about the parts work. So I started to do parts work like probably three, four months ago. And I read this book by Dr. Richard Schwartz, who like invented the parts work or the internal family systems. And it's just been, I think it's the first time I'm actually sharing on the podcast, but like I have internal meetings the last two, three months with myself. And it started with just two, three parts of myself that I had met. And now I'm, it's like seven of us. So I will like lay down or sit and we're like, all right, how are you guys doing boys? You know, so I have my three-year-old self, my eight-year-old self, my 12-year-old self, my, um, and which also my ego, which I call Hunter. Um, and then I have like the authentic adult, the ambitious one. So I have like these, all these different parts and like, I, and we have a meeting and then I will each single one of them. I'll be like, what do you need the most from me right now? And, and they're like, yeah, this is what I need right now. And it's interesting most of the times, my three-year-old and my eight-year-old, they just want to be hugged. They literally just want to be hugged. They're like, just give me a hug, you know, give me kisses. And I'll just like lay there and I'll be like, mm -hmm. and I like actually kiss myself. And it's interesting, like 10 years ago or five years ago, I'll be like, are you crazy? To where now it's like the most normal thing. Like I, to me, just sitting there in my place by myself and talking to myself. But really, I'm like talking to six, seven different people because like, they all have right. their own personality. They all have their own experiences. They, they're, they're like literally separate entities, you know? Yeah, it's like different parts of your own consciousness. It's incredible. And yeah. the fact that you have that ability to just, oh, that's so cool. That I, I just love your gift of being able to have neutral awareness. I can't express that enough. It's come up a lot in your ability to do that through this conversation with you. Um, not very many people can do that just yet. And so I think that's a really powerful gift that you have. And the fact that you can share your own process and medicine with the world and with others is so amazing because it's really going to help people, especially navigating some of this stuff that is harder for people to understand. Mm -hmm. And um, I can also say specifically men. Um, I had a client approach me a few months ago with very similar to what you say, navigating a very, very similar journey. And so I just, my heart goes out and hats off to you men doing, doing the work sincerely. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
I'm, yes. I'm giving you a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, one of the questions that comes to my mind uh, as a woman for yourself, what are your thoughts on sexual energy and using sexual energy to get more work done or be more creative or just be more liberated as a female? Because, you know, it's just I feel like females expressing their sexual energy is so suppressed in this world that we live in. Yep, totally. Oh my gosh, it's interesting how interconnected this whole conversation is because yes, you know, there's certain things that can happen in our lives that close off those energetic centers. And really, you know, it kind of goes back to our chakra system that we've visited a few times in this conversation. And so knowing that we have a chakra energetic meridian points in different sections of our body, and one of those really big generators is located in our sacral chakra. And so this is how we show up in the world, our power, our creativity, our work, um, our relationship with money, um, our, our ability to feel grounded on this earth. And so if one endures a specific type of trauma, that can really affect that energetic space in the meridians of one's body. And so a lot of women that I work with and including myself deal, deal with sacral chakra energy stuff and just like you're saying that's that's the sexual energy and that's what how we bring forth our creation our work our intuitive power our visions that's how we birth new paradigms um so it's definitely a component that is common for women and i do believe in the power of channeling that energy channeling sexual energy into creation into your studies that's something that i personally do i i practice celibacy and um will channel that energy into my work mm, that's amazing thank you for sharing that i'm i guess like, i i talk a lot and like i'm very big on sexual energy uh, one of my best-selling programs is the zen guide to freedom from porn i working with men and helping them get over watching pornography and for myself I discovered like when I was 24, I'm 32 now, just the power of sexual energy transmutation. And, you know, so for me, I just, yeah, like it's just massive. I think it's the most potent and powerful energy that we have. And if you can tap into circulating it, transmuting it, because energy doesn't get destroyed, right? So you have to learn to transmute it some way, somehow. And a lot of, especially men are releasing that energy in a very, unhealthy manner where there is you know i yeah like i will dance and i move anyone that knows me i love to dance dancing is like <laughs> i could just you know it's like it's very big for me and it's also been very massive in my healing journey as well and you mentioned that you do movement as well and instead of me talking about it i'm curious to hear your thoughts on movement and uh and the the benefits of it when it comes to processing and moving energy through you. Tell mm -hmm. me a little about that, please. Yes. Well, I think kind of this, this whole concept of what men and women are dealing with is it relates to our sexual vital force, creative energy. This is done by strategy. And so the fact that us women and men are able to come together and mitigate and release some of these programs and have that awareness is incredible. And so as you were sharing that about, you know, you helping men with some of that stuff, I thought of the concept of 
you know, the Kundalini force and then the 33 vertebrae. Like when we take that energy from the sacral chakra and let it work up our spine to our third eye, this is a whole, you know, energy um, vital force that can be activated so that one has more connection to the divine, um, to their intuition, um, to their own divinity in themselves. And so for me, dancing, something I realized is that it was activating a lot of that energy. So when you're moving your spine, um, that energy throughout all of those meridian systems is activating and flowing. And so for some of us who have been through uh, severe trauma or shock or stagnancy in our life, physically moving that energy can be very healing on a cellular and energetic level. And so something I experienced as a woman through dancing is that flow of energy um, up through from the sacral to the third eye, which a lot of people talk about this concept of that energy flowing from the, the base of our system. Um, they call it the sacred secretion and the Christ light. And so that's the whole thing. There's this woman by the name of Kelly Marie Kerr, mm. and she wrote a book called The God Design. Mm. And she goes into a lot of allegorical truths, mm. um, different perspectives of the Bible. And it talks a lot about this, about this energy that innately exists within us that some of the you know systems in society is trying to take from us. And so I think we can clearly see that both men and women in society, they're trying to steal our sexual energy mm -hmm. through different ways, whether that be porn, whether that be, you know, the trauma that people go through. But at the end of the day, that is our vital force of which we birth new paradigms and new things into this world. And so when we can have that awareness and, and dance and harmonize and heal ourselves, then we are literally changing the world with that energy that we cultivate within ourselves. Mm, I love that. That was, that was good. I have a, it's in my thoughts. I think I could I just have questions and I just go with it, you know? Um, what's something that you changed your mind on last year that you're going into the new year with a, just not with that same belief that you had last year? Honestly, the first thing that comes to mind is just navigating, you know, some of the healing communities and paradigms in the online space, I can say just like the real world, nothing is as it seems. And so people who may tell you that this work is easy to just pay them this price and you'll be better. Uh, something that I was shown intuitively in this last year that I'm going forward with um, is just the nuances within certain things and understanding black and white thinking and dogma and that a lot of times when people are telling you things like it's this or that, mm -hmm. and that it seems very black and white thinking or dogmatic, or mm -hmm. they are promoting fear or shame, that's because of their own nervous system state actually. Yeah. And so I encourage you as you navigate the healing realms to sit with your nervous system state, know your nervous system state coherently, and know other people's nervous system state coherently because everyone is actually projecting their own nervous system state out into the world. Mm. Um, so you can use that as a way to navigate how, who you want to work with, how, you know, whatever may have you. 
And so just being mindful of, of some of those things as you're going about your healing journey. Okay. Okay. That's good. That's a good piece of information. And another one, another question, what are your thoughts on psychedelics and microdosing? I I'm really passionate about plant medicine. I think that it's fabulous. I think that it's very healing. Um, but funny enough, again, goes into the nuance and context, just like I was kind of just saying is that, you know, so many people are, are promoting quick fixes. And so with psychedelics and stuff, you really need to make sure that your nervous system is anchored and that you have good minerals and that you are in a good environment. I, I really am a strong proponent for less is more. Mm. microdosing um in a safe environment one does not necessarily need to do a full-on trip (laughs) (laughs) and and this has come from my own direct experience and then my own experience in studying like alchemy and homeopathy less is always more Mm. and when one is trying to process traumas and do that with the use of psychedelics you can't go in and do a bunch all at once. You know, we're talking about the nervous system and comparing it to almost like a mainframe of a computer Mm -hmm. and the subconscious things that are running in the background are the programs running within that mainframe. And so if your mainframe is not solid and you go in and do a bunch of psychedelics, you're going to blow your mainframe. And nobody's talking about this, mm. but I'm going to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> um, so, you know, just understanding that that black and white thinking and quick fixes probably aren't your answer as you're navigating your journey. Less is more s- slow. Going slow with healing is more. Um, and just really sitting with things that you're seeing that people are offering. Mm. Um, just be very discerning and sit with it about what's right for you because everybody's different too. Mm. You know, some people can handle a full on psychedelic trip because they've not sustained severe trauma. Yeah. Whereas somebody who has sustained severe trauma and has a fragile nervous system, a full on psychedelic trip may not be what's best for them. And so um, my biggest thing is everybody's bio individual. Mm. Very true. That's a great answer. And last question. I say that I don't believe in God, but yet I believe in a higher power, which is God. Like whether you call it the intuition, the gut feeling, the the voice, Allah, God, you know, like universal powers. I believe in a higher power, but for some reason, it's like I don't want to seem religious. So I say, like, I believe in a higher power. What are your thoughts on that? Is God different than what i just mentioned which is the higher power or do you believe that they are pretty much the same thing so for me and my personal experience i i believe in what you say there's a higher power there's a universal force um and i believe that this this energy that we speak of this source energy it exists all around us and so i find it most in nature personally Mm. um I, I do believe that it's possible that religious constructs or um, people who want to be a mediator between you and that source energy mm-hmm. could be a form of gatekeeping. Yeah. And so if you look at 
Carl Jung's work. He's a psychologist um, who brought forth the shadow work concepts. He talks about religion essentially being a gatekeeper for true connection to source. Mm. And I really resonate with that. Mm. Yeah, I strongly agree with that. It limits you is what we're saying. It limits you from discovering your own godly powers. Yes, yes, because I believe that the power of source and our creator exists within us and around us. And then also in the ethers, you know, above when we're, you know, interacting with whatever incredible universal force that is out there. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I love it. This was good. This was a good conversation. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) As we finish off here, um, please let everybody know where they can find you, where they can connect with you. Uh, I will make sure to add that stuff in the detail section of the podcast. Perfect. So I facilitate uh, donation-based sliding scale energy medicine services for people that may be navigating some of these similar journeys. You can find me at Mountain Mystic Medicinals website and also on Instagram. Perfect. Sounds good. So yes, everybody, I will be putting Ashley's uh, links for her Instagram and also her website in the detail section. So if you want to connect with her, reach out to her through one of those mediums. And lastly, Ashley, I am truly, truly grateful to have connected with you. I am just grateful. I'm so glad that we had this conversation. And yeah, thank you so much for blessing us with an hour of your time. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to connect with you and your community. I really appreciate you having me. Awesome. So as we finish off the podcast, I like to set some intentions for the listeners. You know, my intentions are for you to truly, truly take this information in and become curious and dive deep within whatever that gets your curiosity sparking. And I hope that you implement some of these modalities, the strategies into your day-to-day life. My intentions are for you to realize that you are unique, you're amazing, and you have everything within you. My intentions are for you to realize the power of gratitude, the power of living in the present moment. My intentions are for you to truly, truly live this life fully. And until next time, stay an aware alpha.